everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Teats. Okay, Jeff, what is like on repeat in the background or the let's have a tiny glass of tequila and watch a movie vibe? Like what's playing? What are you okay. watching? So What's your the holidays are upon us uh, yes. and this is twofold. So during the day, what is on loop, not of my choosing, but of my daughter, three and a half year old daughters is the prep and landing movies. There's like three of them on Disney plus. It's a long story. We're not going to get into it. I don't even know. I don't, you don't, you don't want to nobody everybody listening know. here. Okay. They're like, skip, skip, skip. <laughs> what I watch every year for the holidays, mm-hmm. sometimes with tequila, sometimes not is Batman Returns. I'm sorry. Yep, yep. So Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Y'all need to go back. It is a beautiful (laughs) Christmas movie. There's so much Christmas stuff going on. It's perfect for the holidays. Come on. Um, No, no, no. Look it up. There's like tree lighting. There's snow. Like it's all of the stuff. There's like holiday messaging, holiday party. Like it is, it's a Christmas film. So I'm shook I stand by because it. I don't see you sitting down it's to fancy so Batman Returns. Batman Returns, <laughs> the best Batman movie. I don't even like wow. superhero movies, but like that is the one. Michelle Pfeiffer right. as Catwoman, yeah. Michael Keaton, I mean, like his. Yes. Gla- it's. It, I mean, the '90s are back. We've established that. Like they they did the damn thing way back. It's it's so good. All Holiday right. movie. <laughs> wow. I was not. That came right out of left field. Okay, what about so, you? What is your yeah. holiday? Oh, it can't be Batman Returns. Cause... It's not. <laughs> okay. Love, love, love the movie The Holiday. Classic. I just can't. Like, mm-hmm. I have to. It's on all the time. Maybe, maybe secretly because I would be fine meeting Jude Law in a bar somewhere in a foreign country over the holidays. I don't know. Call me crazy, but it is my go-to. Then from a kid perspective, Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. I know these are not necessarily politically correct anymore, but I do like a good old fashioned claymation. See the snowman, whatever Rudolph. I I would take a claymation, (laughs) like heat misers, (laughs) like coal my, like all of that stuff any day to prep and landing. Um, Okay. All right. Here we are. So here we are. Relish it. Have those kids watch those politically incorrect <laughs> holiday so, films. So, I mean, like, <laughs> they're, like, completely on Rudolph's tail. I mean, no pun intended, but they're like, could you give Rudolph a break, huh? Wouldn't fly in today's Rudolph world. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. On last week's episode, Jeffrey spoke with Pepper Pastor. Pepper holds a dual Bachelor of Arts in Art History and Psychology from Towson University and a Master's of Art in Organizational Psychology from William James College. She is currently a doctoral candidate of neuroscience in leadership psychology at William James College on top of 25 years in the beauty industry as a global platform artist and celebrity stylist. That's a mouthful. 
Pepper mm-hmm. has been up to a lot. Uh, she brings a fresh perspective about the connection between therapy and hair. Make sure you go back to last week's episode to hear about therapy and emotional IQ in your salon. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, I spoke with Josh DeMarco. Josh is a Philadelphia-based hairstylist, international educator, and co-founder of Dapper Grooming Parlor, a multi-award-winning men's salon in Philly. Josh specializes in both men's and women's haircutting and color, and has been exposed to a multitude of the world's finest salon education opportunities, which has helped him craft his own unique skills behind the chair. He's a devoted artist who is passionate about helping others to achieve success. Josh joins the Volume Up podcast this week to tell us more about himself and his career. But before we get to that, let's talk about sheet masks. Let's. Okay. Fan or foe? Um, mm. uh, Fairweather friend, is that an option? Yeah, I, I, an like, option. I yeah. like them. I, I prefer the little under eye thingies Same. to a full blown sheet mask, but I'm mm. not against it. I'm certainly not anti sheet mask, but it's trending. Um, people are apparently putting these sheet masks on what what's happening no so they're putting their sheet masks on underneath their masks on planes and i don't know about that because let's play this out you've got a Mm -hmm. full sheet mask Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then the mask you're still seeing the mask at the top i don't understand I don't think it's, I would definitely sort of give an eyeball to somebody if I saw them with it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like a protective barrier, I guess, for germs. Yes, like you, really... you heal it, right? I, I, it's a leap. I would it's definitely give somebody a side eye if I saw mm-hmm. that on a plane ride back home. But I mean, to each their own, like you, these are Get hours in, the time. in which, I was going to say, Get exactly, right? Like let that stuff just seep in soak absorb all of that sure it's genius maybe it may be genius i find a sheet mask it's hard for me to be vertical oh i know when wearing said sheet mask like it just slides just slides right down the face like it's not convenient because i have to be semi-horizontal and i don't know i think they're too much of a hassle i love me some ipads though almost every night religious (laughs) There's no wrinkle getting through there. Mm-mm. Nope. Speaking of doing things religiously, hopefully it's visiting thetease.com where there are a ton of different articles that are updated every single day. Uh, the team is hard at work this week, just like last week, just like the week to come diving into brands that you don't know, but should uncovering industry news. And here are some of our favorite headlines that you should know about. Kelly, first up, an important question. Mm-hmm. Is blonde hair really chooky? Here's what you need to know. So let me just dive into it for a minute. Okay. All right. After already coming for side parts, skinny jeans, <laughs> wireless headphones, Gen Z has set its sight on its latest victim, blonde hair. Mm-hmm. That's right. The often in-demand hair color has officially been deemed chuggy, which is a term that is used to describe something as basic, out of date by TikTokers. The blonde backlash began after a number of semi-viral videos from TikTokers like at Town, posing the question of whether blonde hair or natural hair is no longer cool. 
Uh, so our team dove into it. And really, if we're going off of celebs who are going darker for the season, maybe it is on the out. Uh, but doesn't this happen every year? So it's really one of these things where chuggy, not chuggy. I want to know from you, does something being chuggy or not being chuggy hold any weight? I don't know. I don't feel like I subscribe to the chuggy or non chuggy, but I am not a Gen Zer. <laughs> I think going hard at the blonde is a tough one. Like that's taking out a whole subset and calling them chuggy. And it's hard to get there to get to a beautiful blonde takes some work. So which is the opposite of basic, right? Like basic is laziness. It's like you're like out just of put touch. Put some brown in. You're good. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. I just. I, I don't struggle. Know. I struggle. I'm gonna denounce that. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I think I do love. So I'll give a. I'll give them this. Yep, yep, I do please. love an expensive brunette with like some rich, deep, non-brassy tones very luxurious. And so I can get behind that. And I do like to see more of that, but I cannot say that the blonde is chooky and okay. that's all I have. Okay. All right. We, we will take that. <laughs> uh, look, if blonde is out, what's in, that's the big question mm-hmm. then. Right. So on the tease.com, a new story about pink hair being the celebrity hair color of the moment. Pink hair is nothing new. We know that. The rosy-tinted hue has been having a major moment for years. No signs of slowing. Generally, pink hair tends to make an appearance during warmer months. Pandemic pink, that was a thing that happened. Everybody at home dyeing their hair pink. But we've been seeing it more and more during the winter. Uh, Mm. Recently, countless celebs like Casey Musgraves, who was wearing a wig uh, for a recent spread in W, Avril Lavigne, and Jennifer Lopez have all been spotted rocking various shades of pink, from dusty pink to bright bubblegum. If you're ready to think pink this winter, we've got a whole bunch of inspo on the tease.com. So you should check out that piece before you book your next appointment. Which brings me to Kelly. Pink hair, do care? Would you <laughs> ever change it up? Maybe in the new year? And now, so I, <laughs> I, I mean, I do love some pink hair and I prefer a dusty, light, pastel, like mm-hmm. make you double look mm-hmm, mm-hmm. glance again. Like, is that pink? It's so soft and beautiful. So I can get behind that. But what I do not like is where Avril Lavigne went. <laughs> we don't need to dip dye anything anymore. Dip dyeing is chuggy. Wow. Yeah, you heard it I here. Went there. We're, we're breaking mm-hmm. news. We'll, we'll make don't a, do a viral video mm-hmm. about it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, and a bit of a, a change of pace. Look, we know that it's the holiday season. We were talking about holiday movies. People are not done holiday shopping. And by people, I mean me. So this is especially Mm -hmm. relevant. Um, Mm -hmm. Up on the tease.com, I think what we want to definitely highlight is 12 hair gift ideas from Black-owned brands. So while there's no denying that the best way to spread some holiday cheer is to sing it out loud for all to hear, (laughs) to quote Buddy the Elf, another great holiday movie. Mm -hmm. Another great way is to show some love to some small and Black-owned businesses. Um, these businesses have been unfortunately hit the hardest by the pandemic. Uh, so if you're still on the hunt for the perfect gift for your loved ones, your colleagues, what have you, maybe buy black. 
For anyone who's not sure where to start, we've done all of the hard work. Go to thetees.com and browse through award-winning hair oils to luxurious hair care sets, must-try stylers. We've curated a list of insanely good hair gifts that anyone would love to find under their tree, if that's what you're into. I wanted to buy everything, and I probably should because I've not done my shopping. Is there anything that you would add to cart? <laughs> First of all, you've got. I know, I know. Very, I know, I know. Let's, let's, very, the window's closing. Like, I'm mostly you, done. <laughs> if cream cheese was on your list, you would be completely screwed. <laughs> this is true. I'm in um, denial, as I am every yeah. year. But anyway. <laughs> oh, you're a denier. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a, I'm a prepper. Things are nope. wrapped, things nope. are nope. done. Nope. I refuse to buy any more gifts. That ship has sailed. So anyway, um, on the list, I would not refuse <laughs> mm. the Adwoa. Did I say that right? The Adwoa Beauty Bailment Bestseller Holiday Kit. The packaging, if you're just doing a quick scan, like beautiful packaging, unique, different, love it. So I mm. would be into trying that. And then the other one on the list that made me kind of smile was the brand Frigg. Because I think it's kind of a smile-worthy brand name. Um, It's CBD natural hair oil, um, which features a blend of CBD and in addition to a variety of herbal extracts. So I'm going for both of those on the list. Would love to give them a try and love that we covered this topic. Oh, yeah. I, again, I'm going to look and try to see if I can get some things ordered and shipped (laughs) in time for the the big day. (laughs) Uh, But before we worry about that, let's talk a little bit about the interview that's coming up. My conversation with Josh DeMarco. You guys are not going to want to miss this. We cover it all. Uh, Yeah. So let's let's dig in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Josh DeMarco is a Philadelphia-based hairstylist, international educator, and co-founder of Dapper Grooming Parlor, a multi-award-winning men's salon. He currently works in the prestigious Rittenhouse neighborhood of Center City, Philadelphia. Alongside countless other awards, Josh was recently named one of the 100 Game Changers of the Year in hairdressing by Modern Salon Magazine. Continual growth and education are Josh's top priorities, both as an educator and a perpetual student. He graduated from the Abeda Institute as valedictorian and is certified in multiple advanced cutting and color courses, including Wella's Cut Craft and Sassoon's ABCs. Josh has been exposed to a multitude of the world's finest salon education opportunities, which has helped him to craft his own unique skills behind the chair. He's a devoted artist who is passionate about helping others achieve success. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm here today joined by Josh DeMarco. We are going to talk about a bunch of things, mostly sort of how he got his start, what he's up to today, and you're not going to want to miss it. So Josh, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us on the Volume Up podcast. How's it going today? It is going great. I am happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, just got done working a full day behind the chair. Now I'm ready to talk. I love done enough of that today. Let's do some more. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So Josh, for folks that are not aware of you and shame on them, we'd love to hear a little bit about your experience and hair journey. How did you get into hair? All right. So I'll make this as quick as humanly possible. <laughs> when growing up, I was a skater. I skateboarded and I always used to skate by this certain salon because there was always pretty girls there that I thought, you know, I wanted to hit on. And there was Sebastian ads. And this is true. Sebastian ads, the company, Sebastian in the window. Uh, And I just remember like the girls and guys were just like cool and gritty and like black and white and just bold and had like really cool hair. And I think that's what actually sparked my interest in hair. So how did I get into hair? Right. I'm just giving you a background of why I like hair. 
So I went to college. I graduated college in 2008, and there was a recession, and there was, was. no jobs to be found, right? Terrible. Literally was. Um, and there were no jobs to be found whatsoever. And I was going to work listening to KYW. So I give a plug there because I still listen to KYW. I love KYW. It's the local AM news radio. My wife hates it. Uh, it. She hates the sound of AM. I love it. I'm a big fan. So I listen to KYW and they're, they're like, there's two jobs that are recession proof. They're like hairdressers. And I think it was like bus drivers or something. And I, I remember being like, <laughs> oh, hairdressers. So I just graduated college. I'm working at Diesel, the clothing store as an assistant manager. And I hear this thing that like hairdressers are recession proof. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I think like my love of Sebastian and thinking that's what hair was and this opportunity of like doing a job available is hair for me. Um, I'm not a corporate tip guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I got into the hair world. Now the, the missing factor is I met a gentleman who owned a salon right by where I was working at Diesel. And we started talking and he said, if you go to hair school and you come work for me. And it turned out that he was like the biggest, baddest salon in Philadelphia. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah. totally serendipitous. Again, shitty time to start a career. But Very. I mean, falling into the, the right hands, mentorship, all of that stuff uh, sort of led to where you're at. So talk to us about that journey. I mean, you were a huge deal, uh, making tons of moves throughout the industry, uh, but it doesn't happen overnight. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. You've you know graduated from college, going to school become a hairstylist what does that look like in terms of the evolution um so great question so i I knew very very early on so i went to hair school at 26 years old Mm -hmm. um i already went to college and that's old it really is like it's mainly 18 year olds right out of high school they go right to hair school so i just knew i could not mess around like i had to get in and get out. <laughs> and but side note, um, I was actually valid Victorian of my class, which is hilarious to me. But all I did is show up every day. Well, <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah, I showed up and there, there, there I am, valid Victorian. So yeah, I literally went to hair school, uh, graduated 11 months. And when I came out, I worked for this salon who told me to go to hair school and I could work for him. And I, Fast forward to his salon closed. I moved salons and the owner of that salon, her name's Joyce Mele. I'll give her a great shout out because uh, I, I'm jumping here, but Sebastian and Wella came to our salon and asked me and someone else if he wanted to be educators. And at the time, I thought I could not be an educator because I just barely got my chair and right? I just got promoted. Mm-hmm. And she told me to try out for it. Don't ever say no to anything. And I tried out for it. And uh, my life went from graduating hair school, working at a salon, trying to uh, just become a stylist. So I was assisting to here's an opportunity to um, work for Sebastian. Hello. I started my whole, this whole interview with Sebastian. Yep. So and Sebastian's like, been very much a part of my life and career as well. Uh, and I didn't want to do it because I go and have a, to build a book. And she said, do it because you never know. And I mean, it sparked this love for education. It sparked this love for mentoring. It sparked this love for growth, um, for everything, like my whole career. So that's how I jumped that far. I mean, hard work, grind, dedication. Like, how do you be successful in life? Just love what you do. Have uh, the passion for it and truly just give your all. And that's all I've done. And I've had great opportunities and I've seized those opportunities. 
We love that. Uh, Speaking about those opportunities, you alluded to different people that have been in your path that sort of lead you to the next thing. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Who are those people? Uh, Because, you know, sometimes stylists don't recognize the sort of importance of mentorship within our career, within this industry. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, there are people that just help us along the way. I mean, the whole term like self-made to me is annoying because yes, you might've come from a poor background and been successful and that is amicable and you should applaud that, but you're not self-made. Like somebody helped Mm. you. And I give shout outs to everybody. The the two people that helped me the most in my career were one is Stephen Moody, who is a global education Dean of Wella and was with Sassoon. I met him uh, at a hairbrained event at the salon that I first got my chair in. And I watched him cut a bob on his knees with scissors this big. And it was mind-blowing, like mind-blowing. And somehow we sparked this relationship. And he took Minner's wing. He taught me how to cut hair. He taught me how to be professional, what it meant to really do hair, how great you can make somebody feel. So he was a huge, tremendous help. And honestly, they're not in the hair world. But my wife is a huge help for me, a huge help. We love that, too. She put me on the path. She's the one that told me as my girlfriend to even go to hair school. But uh, anyway, yeah, like in the hair world, Stephen Moody um, gave me mentorship and I needed mentorship. And that's why I'm, I'm now in my life, I am huge on mentor, mentee and all that. Um, it's incredibly important and necessary. So yeah, well, so Stephen Moody was on my mentor and uh, a salon, the Jason Matthews salon. They gave me an opportunity and really helped me grow. Well, and as you said, you are now in a position where you're helping others to grow. So we want to reflect on that a little bit uh, with you and your career. What are your proudest moments so far? What have you been most excited about? I mean, you've done so much uh, in the amount of time that you've been doing this. And and let's just sort of unpack that for a little bit. What are you proudest of? So a few years ago, I was picked by Aesthetica Magazine to be their mentee. Here we go, mentor mentee. Uh And I competed in a competition an international competition where I was a, I represented the United States of America. There were 17 countries. I was mentored by Sergey from Aesthetica and we went to Paris, France and competed uh, and I won. So that, that was actually an amazing, I guess, time in my life or really something I'm really proud of. I didn't know I won because they're saying everything in French and then they just say my name. So I just like <laughs> waved at the audience. <laughs> no, I actually have a video of it. It's funny. I just waved at the audience. And he's like, you won. I'm like, what do you mean I won? So like, they're like, you're the first American to ever win. It's always been the French. And that, that was like huge for me. Um, it's called, it, it's the best emerging talent from MCB Butte Coffee or something. Um, that was a really cool thing to win and be part of. And probably opening my business. Wait, what was the question? Was it awards? Or you know, what like are you proudest of? of? And that's actually, uh, we're going to get into a bunch of those questions too. So, I mean, perfect. It makes total sense that that would be something that you're, you're proud of. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that experience, going from a stylist to a salon owner, not necessarily something that is for everyone within this field. So what was that like? Yeah, so I got to a point in my career where I just knew that what I wanted, I had to do on my own. I just had vision and desire and appreciate everyone to help me get there but like i just had to do my own thing uh so it's it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of grind i mean right now i'm 
13 years into my career and I worked six days a week, minimal 10 hours a day. So I got done work at seven and I did an interview with somebody else within a coffee or that I jumped on this. It just doesn't end. Um, so that part's been like a lot to me. I were overwhelming in a sense. It's, it's, we're always busy, but I love what I do. So as much as it's like a grind, it's still very uh, rewarding to do all this. So that was a big challenge for me. And then just the, building a staff, building a culture, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason that I wasn't happy where I've ever been previous uh, salons and whatnot is because I didn't like the culture. <clears throat> and I think if you really need to succeed at what you do and you want to be happy every day, like what, if you, if you guys worked with me, like we'd be together more than my wife and I would be together. Or you or your partner would be together. Yep. So I don't want to work with someone or a group of individuals that I don't like, or that don't feel the same way as me. Um, so owning a business has been great to build that culture, but it's also been incredibly difficult to, manage that culture so that's been like one of the ups and downs of owning a business for me like we're all creatives i'm a creative i'm not necessarily a manager i feel like i know how to make a business work but i don't necessarily know if i can deal with personalities and people but that being said i also work with specific personalities and people right True. And I mean, being the boss, you can determine sort of who those folks are, uh, which is uh, an important thing. So talking to you being your own boss, doing it on your own, that's one of the perks. Talk to us again. We just sort of spoke to challenges in terms of building and maintaining culture. That aside, what is the best part? What is the stuff that you most enjoy about being a salon owner, being out on your own, uh, making waves uh, and setting the sort of tone for, for what you're up to day to day? The appreciation. I've always had a really loyal clientele, but now seeing my staff's clientele and, and they come literally walk up to me mid haircut and it's like, I love it here. Like this place is awesome. Or I'll just hear them in the chair, like their first time and say, they're like, oh, this is great. This is so nice. I've never been anywhere like this. <clears throat> that's been super rewarding to me because that's what I wanted to do, right? I wanted to create something that was different in my city and that gave a certain experience that wasn't around. Or didn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's just very like rewarding, right? It's like we worked so hard to build our business. It's so hard, right? And then to hear people go like, "I love it here," and not even know that I own it, or come up to me and tell me like, "I know you're the owner and I love it." It's very rewarding. Ugh. Ugh. Well, for our listeners who are maybe not local to Philly, which is where you are, uh, talk to us a little bit about the actual space. So, what is the name? Where can we find it? How could people book you if they're mm-hmm. interested in coming into to town to to sort of work yep, with you yep. or, or one of your stylists? So we are called Dapper Grooming Parlor, D-A-P-R. So I've always loved the word dapper. I didn't want to spell it dapper. I took a class in college. And uh, one thing that stuck out was that acronyms, people remember acronyms. Mm-hmm. So I liked spelling it D-A-P-R. So then I had to figure out, well, what could this stand for? How is this business? How is this going to be me? Um, and right off the bat, I said refinement. So if you follow me on Instagram at hair DeMarco, um, I, I'm known for refinement. I cut a really clean line or I do a clean fade. I'm, I'm obsessed with it almost. And so R, refinement. So D-A-P-R, ded- dedicated, determined, disciplined, words that were symbolizing what I'm doing every day. Like I take my craft very seriously and I take hair very seriously. So I'm throwing these words around and anyway, I ended up breaking down to a dedicated approach to personal refinement. 
So that's what Dapper stands for. Um, I don't want to be called a barbershop because I feel like me personally, when I hear a barbershop, I think of walk in, put your name on the board, yep. 25 bucks, blow your head off. There goes your calic. <laughs> so, right. I mean, that, that's what yeah, my experience yeah. is. It's got that so reputation. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So I don't want that. So grooming and then parlor. And we have a very British theme to shop. Mm-hmm. Or not even British. Just like uh, ornate beautiful potentially whiskey looking british bar style place which is what we wanted or english bar um yeah so all this kind of was like i wanted a place where people could come sit and just enjoy being there and so dapper was born we love that and how can people book a cup with you cut with your stylist that's that's the part i forgot so here's the issue you can go to staydapper.com s-t-a-y-d-a-p-r.com uh but we're booked out pretty far so right now there's (laughs) only three of us and we are very busy so my next available uh, i don't want to get the date today but my next availability is six weeks from now i'm the closest guy next to me is four weeks from now all right all right so you can go to staydapper.com exactly Pre-book. So we were big into pre-booking. And if you're listening and you're a hairdresser or barber, train your clients to pre-book. It's the only way to guarantee money and a paycheck. So we pre-book everybody. So if I cut somebody today and they come in four weeks from now, they're four weeks from now. So there are 15 people I cut today, my Monday, four weeks from now is booked. Boom, boom, boom. No, so important. And in that vein, we're going to talk about education. You've been doing a lot in the way of mentoring based on your being menteed from folk mentored. <laughs> you've yeah. been doing a lot of mentoring based on the mentorship that you've received. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, you just dropped a really important tip for hairstylists uh, that are out there that are sort of wondering how to make ends meet. This is an easy way to do it, pre-book. Um, how do you see education changing? I mean, so much has happened even the last year. COVID, it's upended everything, digital, in-person, it's all happening at the same time. What does this look like for you? All right, great question. That's a long question. So I'm going to try to answer this because I'm passionate (laughs) about this. So for me personally, I am not a teacher by passion. I wasn't born to teach. I would have never in a million years thought I would teach or educate. Uh, I I did it and I had it done to me, right? So I would get in the hair world, I have an opportunity to teach and I see what people get from it and how it makes them feel better and how it helps them. I was given that same opportunity. So I just try to give. So Stephen, who I told you about, my mentor always says, like, yep. give back, pay it forward. Why should I have all this knowledge and just like die with it? Like, I love doing hair. I love the craft. I love the trade. I want to give it to you. Right. So education instantly, like just when I realized how important education was, <clears throat> it made me realize just in life as well, like education is everything. If you don't go to school, I don't mean like you don't have to do your for your college. No, if you're if you're not educated, you can't speak, you can't articulate, you can't get a job. It's it's like education is huge. So we do education too. So I found this love for education, a love for teaching the craft. It's a way for me to give my passion and for people to um, that want it to really appreciate it and absorb it. And the way that I see it changing is historically education was this is like pre-internet. You either bought a DVD or you went to a hair show. Yep. And right. Like I learned how to cut hair on Sassoon DVDs. Like I would watch the, the ABCs of cutting hair. 
and I would watch and then, yeah, like I would like apply like the mannequins mm-hmm. on top of my schooling, but I wasn't learning that in my schooling. And I think now it's great, like with social media, how that's changed and just with anything is it's so much more available and achievable Like there's education everywhere. There's people that give education away, right. Or, or it's like $10 a month. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give a plug to Kevin Lutchman, kevinlutchman.com. Amazing. Right. It's like 20 bucks a month, 20 quid, 20 quid. <laughs> and, and it's mind blowing education. Like he teaches yeah, how, to clean, how to section is incredible. And there's so many people like that doing education. Um, so I think you saw like, how do you see it changing? I personally think, and I, and I think this for the whole hairdressing world as well, the big giant salons, the big education companies, I think everything is getting more boutique. So I think you're going to see a lot more of like four or five chair salons, four or five chair barbershops, one-on-one education, uh, like 10 people less in a class. I think people want an experience. I was just in New York a week ago and there's everywhere on the wall. We were in the meatpacking district. It's like offering an experience. Like people want an experience and the experience isn't going to a convention center after a hair show with 75 people in there. Like what would you say? No, like I want to work with you and I want you guys right with me and I want this to be interpersonal. That's where I think it's going. And I, I love it. I mean, I do. I think it's awesome. Well, make sure that you guys are out there taking advantage of what Josh has been talking about in terms of all of that education. It's everywhere. You got to sometimes look for the right stuff, but people like Josh letting you know, people We're like Kevin Hoffman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so many things that people should be sort of diving into uh, to improve their skill set. Uh, speaking Lutchman, of skill set, Lutchman. Lutchman, excuse me. <laughs> I'm always reading it. Lutchman. Uh, great guy. Incredible uh, educator. Um, yes. Something that people are also sort of maybe slow to, um, but you've got the sort of benefit of some some years under your belt, is the right tools and the difference that it can make in terms of the work that you do. So talk to us a little bit about your relationship with Mizutani. Uh, would love to hear sort of your thoughts on scissors, what makes a good pair, all of that good stuff. Yep, yep. So... Plain and simple, Mizutani is the only company left in the world that still 100% hand makes their scissors. I've been to their factory, like they forge steel and then shape it, and then somebody smooths it and bevels it and then polishes it and then engraves it. Um, so the, here, here's how I look at scissors. I really do. Scissors cut hair. Like my, my crappy hair cutting scissors that I got in school cut hair. But if you had a handbag and it's an Hermes handbag or it's um, a juicy couture handbag, yeah, they both are handbags, right? Yeah. But one is like crafted by an artisan that cares so much about what they do that they've trained their whole life and they take pride and have integrity in, in their craft, right? And then the other one is just like, I come in, I fill a mold, I make it. Yeah. They're both doing the same thing, right? They're cutting hair or they're carrying whatever you put in a purse, <laughs> but, but it's different. And like Mizutani is that they care about everything. So they work with the university of Tokyo to make sure that when your hand is in this motion, you'll never get carpal tunnel because that's carpal tunnel. That's carpal tunnel, but that's not. So let's make scissors that just fit into that. And they're just handcrafted third generation. So that's why I love the brand. 
Um, I have no problem with people that use other scissors. Like I get it. Sure. They're expensive. Yep. The only thing I do have a problem with don't edit this is Hanzo scissors because Hanzo scissors are sold for incredible, insane amounts of money thousands of dollars. And they're made in China from the cheapest metals. They cost like 25 to $50 to make. So things like that bother me. So that's, I'm like, well, that scissor has no business being charged that price. But if you want to buy a Joelle, for sure, they're great scissors, right? Just different. Like Mizutani is just, to me, it's up here. And I've said this a million times tonight. Like, I love what I do. I love my craft. I want to work with the best. There's Mizutani, right? That They just embody what I stand for. Love that. Love that, Reco. Uh, speaking of, I mean, so maybe top, top tier Mizutani folks that are just starting in their careers can't afford, don't necessarily want to make that investment. Um, are there other brands or models that you might recommend uh, to folks that are just getting started in their, their career? So you can always afford, right? It's how hard you want to work to get it. So there's a lot of things I couldn't afford in my life and I would pick up an extra day at the job or whatever, right? So you can afford it. There's there's pairs that start, I believe, at 500. I mean, if you're going to really stress over 500 to like 350 for another brand, just wait an extra week or two weeks. Scissors are expensive, but like we make our living with them. We make our living. Like you charge this much money, this many times a day, they will be paid off quickly. Another great thing is they don't have to be sharpened as much. So they're more durable. So cheaper brands like Hanzo, you have to sharpen them like every month. It wears the yep. metal down. Um, just invest in your craft. It's something I love to say. Like just invest in your craft. You can afford them. You might not be able to afford the three thousand dollar pair of Mizutani. But you can afford the Ichinan number one, I believe. It's like $450. You can afford that. So speaking of an investment, uh, the other thing that is key these days for hairstylists to make a living is social media. So talk to us a little bit about social media and your business. How are you using it? Uh, how has it helped? How has it hurt? Uh, all right. So social media, I've said this every time I teach a class, if you're not on social media benefiting from social media, you're blowing it. I mean, social media is free marketing. It's free advertising. The reason I am where I am, the reason I work with Mizutani, the reason that any company, Sebastian or whoever even came to me for education is because I tagged them in social media. Yep. Like use social media. Now, when it comes down to the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Facebook, which one do you choose? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm on Instagram. Um, I, I've given up on Facebook just because of political reasons and what they've done to the country, personal yeah. opinions. Yep, so sure. I'm just done with Facebook. I know, yes, Facebook owns Instagram, of course. Sure does. Um, right? So that's the world we live in. So I'm on Instagram. Yep. I'm not on TikTok. Um, I've been told by a lot of people I should be on TikTok. I, I just don't want to go down that path. I don't need the business. Get on whatever platform you get on that works for your clientele. So TikTok doesn't work for mine. It could work for yours. It's free advertising. It's insane to me that people are on social media. And then, and then, by the way, it's called social media. So I don't understand how people are like, if you message me on social media, right? if you message me on Instagram, I will respond to you. My, like, that's what's great about social media. That, that didn't exist before social media. So yes, is it... Great, of course it is. Is it bad? Yes. The other thing that makes it bad, just speaking in the hair world, as mm-hmm. great as it is that you can connect with everyone, 
and you can see everyone, then there's also like you're seeing bad content through your feed all day long. So don't think everything you're seeing is good just because it's there. So I, I see a lot of bad content personally. So I wish um, there was better content, but social media is great. Like it, as bad as it is and as bad as it sucks and we hate it, we need it. It's like, it's just our world. And if you're not on it, and you're and you're starting your career like oh you're blowing it. I just don't think any young stylist would not be on it. But if they're not, get on it. Get on it. Pick your own. Uh, pick, pick <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. Why why wouldn't you? Uh, so in that vein, where can people find you on social media? So I am on Twitter. I'm shaking. So I'm on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Hair Demarco. H a i r d e m a r c o. Uh, I post all hair on my page and on my story. I post a lot of like personal stuff. I just keep that for the stories. And I'm also on Facebook. And but like, uh, I'm not going to really, I don't really go on that, but I'm Josh DeMarco hairstylist on Facebook. There, there. Uh, and just yeah, email hair DeMarco at gmail.com um, or Josh DeMarco.com. Forgot about the website. We are going to put everything in the show notes. So don't worry. We'll make sure that listeners can get to you. Uh, but want to make sure that, you know, in the interest of talking about free marketing, that we're making sure to market ourselves this whole time. Look, we're about to wrap. We appreciate your time uh, and your honesty uh, being so candid about your experience and sort of what people should be up to, what they shouldn't waste their time on. Uh, and in that spirit, we're going to do our quick takes, which is really the same questions we ask all of our guests. We're looking for the fast answer. Don't think about it for too much. Uh, and I think that you're going to feel right. Uh, good about this one. Uh, so first thing, bar soap, body wash, which is it? Ooh, well, I'd body wash, body wash. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Product that well, you're yeah, yeah, right. I've gone body wash to bar soap to body wash and now bar soap's in again. So it, my it, and that, is, I, I like it's bar so soap and I smell them and they're great, but like I prefer body wash with the loop. Yeah, I, I, honest to God, most of our guests say the same thing. We're all in that same space of like, it's more environmentally friendly. We should really be doing the, but then, you know, everybody's yeah. like body wash for me. So and then the loop hits your body and come on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Product that you are loving right now. It can be anything. Doesn't have to be specific to hair, but if it is, let us know. We're product junkies. The listeners want to hear it. All right, so there's a brand called Seiko out of the UK, and they are distribute out of Montreal. They make a, a paste, and it's like a clay called a Reform. This is incredible. I've been using it in my hair. I've, I don't know how well you can see it, but I put this on like yesterday, and I can just remold it, and then I can just break mm -hmm. it down, and it feels like there's nothing in my hair. That's my go-to hair product. Uh, we have our own product line, so I would say Dapper's SPF. Wear SPF. That's one thing I've learned. We all need SPF every single day. It's the only thing that's anti-aging. SPF. True. So sound like your mother's, but put your SPF on. Uh, it up. Product. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. It's funny. I'm. I, I was a fan of like less is more. So I use minimal hair products. I have my skin routine, and then like fragrance. We're we're a cologne or perfume. All about it. All right, look, you might not be the best person to ask about this. It sounds like you're quite busy, but a lot of us with the pandemic and stuff slowing down started streaming things way more than we had previously. And a lot of us have some obsessions. <clears throat> Are there things that you're streaming right now that you're really into that you feel like the people need to know about? So I actually minored in college in film. So I love film. Mm -hmm. I love 
television. I unfortunately do not get to see most of it. So I live vicariously through my clients <laughs> every day. When I say, how does it end? What happened mid-season? So I, the latest thing I've watched, and we've all watched it, is Squid Game. But I'm only three episodes in, and then my wife went and finished it without me. So I'm never going to oh, finish no. it. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, shame on her. That's, that's shame on her. She she got addicted. She Squid Game <laughs> being. So I, I want to find out how that ends. Um, but what am I watching? Watching that. Normally, I love documentaries. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a great documentary I just watched called Val about Val Kilmer. Great documentary. If you know, I mean, maybe younger audience might not know about Kilmer, but it's a great documentary to watch. And the last thing I actually watched, and I'm embarrassed to say, like the last thing I truly watched every single week religiously was Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> There's no like guilty pleasure. It's all pleasure. It's all good. Um, I'm oh, sure. I know all the my- shows. I know what's going on. I know about, uh, what is it, like Nine Perfect Strangers or uh, White Lotus. Like, yep. I'm, I'm up to date. I just don't watch them. There, there. Well, you know, there's plenty of time. You can get to those when you can get to them. Um, but in the meantime, right. there's always Game of Thrones. Cool. Yes. Real talk words of advice that you've got for pros who want to get to the top of our industry. You've already shared a ton of gems, but like the quick take things that you've got for them. What is it? Passion and grind. I mean, it's that simple. If you want to get to the top, whatever you do, work your ass off. Love what you do. Don't get burnt out and just grind. I mean, there, I have no secret to success. I've worked my ass off and I've had opportunities. And when I've been given those opportunities, I've seized those opportunities. So seize the opportunity and work your ass off. Like, Boom. Easy. I, get, I actually get asked that question a lot. Even clients ask me that. Just work, work, work. Love, love what you do and just work for it, you know? Nothing comes easy. No, nothing does. Uh, speaking of that, 2021 predictions. We've got a couple of months left in the year. What do you think is going to happen for the rest of the year? What do you see for 2022 for the hair space? So I, I think um, I just had a call within a coffee earlier about this. I, and I said this earlier in the interview, I think like more interpersonal and for the hair world, that is uh, mm-hmm. education. I think education is huge right now. And I think people really realize that, especially being home for months if not a year of not working behind the chair we're doing house calls now i think you're going to see a lot of like uh people that want independent education i do and uh, i mean as far as like the world who knows i mean i thought 2021 would be normal and it's i mean arguably worse yeah arguably Yeah. So like in, in just in just the hair world and taking everything else out of the world, because that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. I, I think simpler colors, shorter haircuts, more education will prevail. I do. I think it's gonna be shorter length and above and color to the roots. No more color down here. All right. Well, we'll have yeah. to check back in in a couple months and see sort of how oh. this pans out. And men's and men's grooming is just if if you're not doing men's and you have the opportunity to do men's, like you're blowing it. It's a huge, huge opportunity. Absolutely, Sorry guys. Like I, I follow, I'm friends with the biggest names in the industry. I, I not that's not a flex, by the way. I'm just saying uh, everything is like short, structured haircuts. Learn how to cut hair. So that's why I think the interpersonal or smaller education will be huge this year. So before we wrap. Tell our listeners how the heck they can find you uh, one more time. 
All right. So on Instagram, Hair Demarco, H A I R D E M A R C O. My website, joshdemarco.com. Email hairdemarco at gmail.com. But honestly, guys, primarily I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I, I post videos, I post content. There's links to email me and to book education with me. Um, yeah. That's the Amazing. best way to get a hold of me. Couldn't get easier than that. All right, Josh. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. So happy to have had you on the Volume Up podcast. Don't be a stranger. We're going to check in about those predictions and see what nuts out. Appreciate it, guys. I'm opinionated, so I hope I didn't offend you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Great talking with you. All right, Josh and Marco. I mean, any mentor or friend of Stephen Moody's is a friend and mentor of mine. Yes. I loved hearing about his career and it was so great to have him on the pod today. Absolutely. So happy that he was able to join us. Loved hearing about his background. I think that you guys hopefully were inspired. I certainly walked away being inspired Uh, and good holiday vibes. Like that's what we want. We all want to feel good at this time of year, right? We do. And make our team at the T's feel good. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and our audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode. 